Hello, marketing interns. The boys from the back pocket are back. Season two. Let's ride. It is uh, Monday, uh, February fifth, um, and we are just having a day. It's it's been a blast so far. Getting ready to start our week. Um, the craziest part about all of it is it's a season two premiere. So I'm a little nervous. I don't know about you. I got a lot of energy. I'm okay. ready to talk. I'm ready to ramble. Yeah. I might go off on tangents, but I'm here, baby. Yeah, and I think that's what this first podcast is going to be all about. I mean, we haven't been around for six weeks. What did you guys think we were doing, sitting on the couch and just doing nothing the whole time? No, we were having experiences. We were generating content for you. We were. Uh, it was a little self-journey. Andrew went to Hawaii. I went to Canada and Colorado. We had our own times. We discovered more about ourselves, I think. I think we're better. I'll let you guys be the judge of that. Absolutely. Um, but, you know, we may have been a little different, or we things may have changed around our world, but uh, the boys in the back pocket are still the same. And with that being said, you know, we're always going to start how we always start. Absolutely. Average you know, quality. We, uh, we've been generating content, content, content for quite some time, for six weeks, and uh, we have to start off with average quality because that's what we do. That's what our podcast podcast is based on um this week our average quality is um it's us being or introducing the idea of uh, a seasonal podcast um so andrew and i we're going in you know brainstorming like what are we going to do we are not going to be together uh for six weeks like what is the what's the best way to go about this so what we decided was instead of pre-recording things to release out that whole time we didn't really have much time during finals week and you know, with everything going on the holidays, of course, not going to get into that. Um, but we we had a brainstorm. We had to come up with something. So what we decided was come up with uh, the seasonal podcast idea. So we just finished our first season last last year, and that was a kind of our whole encapsulating season of thirty five episodes. Well, the season went from February to December. Yeah. I mean, granted, we are literally just taking a little break. Yeah. And then you're just going to break it up and just call it a season. Yeah. It worked perfectly, yeah. and I just like I, I love the idea. I think it was fantastic, um, but I would say the average quality is just always us being on the run and always just kind of figuring it out as we go. And it's yeah. never like a pre. There's nothing that we we think about. We we have our actions require thoughts, obviously, but um, we kind of just make it up as we go for the most part. Mm-hmm. I'd like to say after um, vocalizing this average quality, I think it can lean towards more of um, our average quality being. We are only a good podcast when we are together live. And Correct. that's what we agreed on because um, we both give and take relationship. You know, we both have our pros and our cons. And if we're not together in person, you cannot utilize that relationship um, totally. Yeah. So when we were away from each other for six weeks, there was no way that we could have generated the content. The back that was, pocket didn't exist. The back pocket couldn't exist. Exactly. Couldn't mm-hmm. exist. Perfect. Mm-hmm. It's great. It's a great point. It's like a football team got to have eleven players on the field if you want to have success. Yes. So you know, with that being said, um, moving on. What did what did we do this whole time? What, where were we? What, what were we doing? We were um, well. First of all, you were in Hawaii, like I previously mentioned. I was in Colorado and Canada. Yes. But uh, I get we have a few stories. So uh, you know, one of our favorite segments, the um, curbside stories. Yeah, I'll, I'll start us off. Okay. So um, six weeks, uh, we were gone. Four of those weeks, I was in Hawaii. Two of them, I was back home in Chicago. Um, I have a, a beautiful curbside story that will, I will be telling my kids um, for sure, without a doubt. Maybe just have them listen to the podcast. They subscribe they can, on iTunes. They could um, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, and then they could also look on our YouTube page and our alleged SoundCloud page. And then they could listen to it then, too. So uh, what would you tell your future kids right now? Um, if I were to tell my future kids one story about Hawaii, um, I think it would be Waimea Bay. 
Okay. So I traveled up to the north. Can you say coast. that like slower so people understand what, the, what you just said there? Sure. I'm gonna. This is a story about going up to the north coast of Oahu, okay. at specifically Waimea Bay. Waimea Bay is a shore break wave beach. Okay. Shore so the waves beach. break at shoreline. Okay. And that means there's no really give when the when the wave breaks it's hitting sand almost immediately um it's violent it's very violent uh these waves are roughly between 20 and 40 feet um and they when we walked up on the intercom the lifeguard goes if you are not an excellent swimmer please stay out of the water if you are a small child parents please watch over them if you see people in the water they are probably locals and they understand the tides and the currents and the rifts of the waves. Oh. And we're like, oh, sweet, sweet, yeah, yeah. And then we see everyone out there. There's like 40 people in the water, and they're just having a blast, smiles on their face, getting smushed by these 20 to 40-foot waves. And we're like, there's 20 of us. We all just immediately drop our stuff and sprint in there. Basically didn't process what the lifeguard said. We had three boogie boards. Me and two other guys grab our boogie boards and just sprint in there like we're in a Hawaiian movie. Yeah, and would you would you describe yourself as naturally buoyant, or uh, are you a, more made of like lead? And you sink. Um, a below average. Below average. Yeah, okay. I can tread. I can get the job done, but I'm not gonna. I'm, my survival skills are uh, basics. Okay. Okay. Right on. So, but I do understand body surfing. I understand when you're supposed to start kicking, when you're supposed to catch the wave and go in. But these are not. That's a non-shore break wave. That's where I'm, my head's at. Okay. So I'm thinking I can catch the wave and ride it in all the way in and then run back out. Yeah. Um, so I see the first big wave and I'm like, this is money, this is mine. And the two other guys are like, let's do it. And we start kicking, the locals scream, kick, kick, kick. And I'm kicking as fast as I can. And boom, I get to the top of that wave. And I'm uh, literally on top of everyone, 30 feet in the air. Right. And I can see the whole beach. People are looking up at us with like big eyes and then wave breaks i go literally vertical um, perpendicular with the ground and my head goes straight into the sand feet go over the top i scorpion myself boogie board was wrapped around my wrist with the string rips off and then i get up my back is like i think i'm paralyzed my feet start working and i'm like looking for the boogie board grab the boogie board turn around another wave Boom, smash. I'm then Tom barrel rolling in the water. I get up, see the two other guys are like D-Day crawling out of the sand. And I turn around, just barely avoiding the third wave. And I get out of the sand and I'm I'm on my back, huffing and puffing, thinking I just barely escaped death. So Storm of the Beaches in Normandy. Storm of the Beaches in Normandy was the finale of that. Oh my and gosh. we all were like, I don't need to go in the water again. I'm going to sit back and watch. <laughs> I now. think I'm going to listen to the... The man. I'm gonna listen to the lifeguard because tell the tourists like, hey, don't go in. That it was insane. Um, but you wouldn't be this, the person you are today if you didn't do it, right? Correct. And I quickly learned, and I'm very humbled experience to really truly appreciate the ocean now. Okay. Because it is so powerful. It is so controlling. When you step foot in that ocean, you are the ocean's. Um, the ocean is your canvas, and you're just kind no, of, no, not can- at all. No, the ocean it, it canvases you. It takes you in whatever word you can describe. Where when you go in the water, you're trapped, and you're now the ocean controls you. So it's a jail. It's a, basically like a jail. Okay. Like you just need to quickly realize that okay. the higher power is the water. Okay. And oh. you need to. It's respect an external it. force. You need to respect the ocean. Yeah. Okay. I like that. Well, very similar to uh, the ocean is you know um, the external force. 
um, I had a very alternate experience um, with the mountain. Um, and so I brought in uh, my good friend here, a friend of the program, second string producer, Mark. Let's go again. Round of applause. Thanks, guys. Mark, how you doing today? I'm doing great. Doing We're, great. It's good to be back. It's This is a perfect experience to uh, bring you back because, I mean, what's your line? Catching turns? I'm making turns, hitting freshies. Yeah. Hitting freshies. Um, jumping cornices, you know, just focusing on your next turn, you know, just being yourself, being in the fr- present moment, you know, shredding some chowder. Um, and so that it was a perfect transition, you know, the mountain... Like I tried saying the ocean was a canvas wall where it's more of an external force. The weather associated with a mountain is the external force, whereas the mountain is the canvas. So, you know, I'm a skier. Mark's a snowboarder. Mark and I went up to Canada. We went to Whistler, Canada, which is about two hours north of Vancouver. It's on the west side. Uh, Mark and I were driving up, and it's just absolutely beautiful. It's, um, I think it's the Atlantic Ocean. Is that what it is? Pacific. Pacific? No, Pacific's the the west. Pacific west, west, Atlantic's east. Okay, so I was yeah. in the Pacific. Yeah, yeah, Pacific. So we we're both in the Pacific. Mm-hmm. Not to brag, um, so, but yeah, we were in the Pacific, or we weren't in the Pacific. The Pacific Ocean's right next to Whistler, mm-hmm. so there's all okay. these just mountains, um, r- like right next to the Pacific Ocean. We're driving up, and it's just a phenomenal time, um, just absolutely beautiful. Um, fast forward, you know, Mark, get, Mark and I get there. We're all in one piece. We we ski the first day. You know, kind of learn the mountain. You know, let the mountain kind of accept us and bring us into the fraternity. Mm-hmm. You know, we're shredding chowder all day. Um, you know, just, you know, taking in everything that Whistler has to offer. So we get our confidence. We get our bearings um, going full full head on this, head first in the second day. So uh, we wake up early again. You know, we're skiing like 8.30 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. in the afternoon. Got a full day. Um, so we, uh, Mark and I, are taking like the second gondola up at 8.30 um, on our second day and couple locals are there with us, or not there with us, we uh, we got on the gondola with some locals, a couple old guys who go up every Friday, you know, nothing, no big deal, um, and we were like, hey, like, what's uh, what's your best, what's your best uh, mountain, or what's the best snow in Whistler, like, where do we go, and they said Spanky's Ladder, and uh, so, you know, we took their suggestion, and uh, it's actually over in the Blackcomb side, so there's a Whistler, and it's Whistler Blackcomb, and they're two different peaks, and they're connected by this crazy... 28-person gondola, so we skied Whistler in the first half of the day. Second half of the day, we went to Blackcomb, and so we skied the Blackcomb Glacier. And, uh, and this has Spanky's Ladder inside it. Yeah, well, so Spanky's Ladder, you have to get off this lift, and then you hike up along this ridge line, and then you kind of just you drop down into the Blackcomb Glacier on, like, the, I want to say the east side of it. We had skied the west side the other day. Okay. So the east side was kind of more untouched. Um, is that right, Mark, by the way? Is that... Yeah, we got off the lift. I think we skied across, like traversed across the side of the mountain and then hiked up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So we skied a little bit and then hiked up and then you kind of go over the over, peak. Over the peak. Over Blackcomb Glacier and then you ski down on the opposite side. Um, so anyways, Mark and I get up there. The hike was a little sketchy, Pretty I'd sketchy, say. yeah. Um, you could, you could what definitely... That, what does that mean? Like you got like... It was steep. Okay. It was real steep. It was pretty, pretty icy. So we're just kind of making our way up slowly, digging in the, the boots into the side of the mountain. It's basically like you kind of need crampons. It would have been it much been, easier. It would have been helpful, yeah. for sure. <laughs> crampons would have been nice. Mm. Deco was kind of kicking in with those like hard, hard plastic ski boots. Yeah. ski boots. I was using my board, just like climbing up it. We get to the top. It looks like a great run from the start. Yeah, it was really cool. I mean, uh, just kind of wide open. Uh, there was a there was signs that had just kind of a pole in the ground with that said cliff, and there was 
Cliff signs like every. It says warning, Cliff, or just just, 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 Cliff. just Cliff, like just Cliff. Yeah. Hello, Hi, Cliff. Yeah. Hey. Hi, Cliff. Cliff is here. Okay. Well, we, you don't know where it is because yeah. it's just flat sure. and it's snow. And another thing about Whistler is you get people call it stuck in the cloud, and you're literally actually stuck in a cloud. So the mountains are so high up that the you're either above the clouds or right in the clouds. So Mark and I are stuck in a cloud, and when you're stuck in the cloud, the the visibility is very shoddy. It's not very and good. there's gonna be many cliffs. And do you want to say hi to Cliff, or are you gonna say quickly goodbye, Cliff? I'm gonna avoid you. Um, it depends. So if it's Cliff Kingsbury, you definitely want to hang out with Cliff. Okay. But if it's like a Cliff Bar, and you like Cliff Bars, they all taste the same. They're like, yeah, I'm kind of sick of Cliff Bars. So you don't want to go that way. Okay. Anyways, we we got Cliff Cliff signs every ten feet that are roughly like what hundred feet away from us, just kind of down, like yeah. right after you hiked up. So we got the, all these cliff signs, and really it's you, – you either go way right and stay super high and drop into kind of where we were the previous day, and we're like, yeah, we don't really want to do that. We, we know what that's all about. We did that yesterday. Or you can go left, and you had to really hit go down the hill left, and then you'd make your way into the Spanky's Ladder. And so we were like, ah, like what you typically do when you don't know of what a new – like if you, you're going down a run for the first time, you usually want to stay as high as you can for as long as you can. Because you want to know what the mountain has to offer for you in the in those certain areas. Um, because if you just go down one way right away, you could a run into trouble. You could b miss all the chowder, and and that would just stink. Yep. And so what we did is we stayed high and we kind of just skied right in the middle between the right and the left. But we had the idea of going left. Okay. So we we skied down a little bit, skied down left a little bit, stayed high, like I was saying. And you know, I was pretty confident. Uh, we skied past a couple cliff signs. Didn't really think much of it because it looked, you know, doable. I also want to mention that Whistler had these cliff signs everywhere. Everywhere. So, so the, if you the, see the it, previous day, we were we were riding stuff, cliffs everywhere. There was always a good way to get around. Them. Yeah, so and we it were was, confident seeing the cliff signs. We weren't we weren't scared off. We were like, all right, cliffs, but there'll be some good runs in here. We'll work our way through it. Right, and so it was. If it, it was roped off, there was a difference. So if it was cliff with ropes in between it, you definitely weren't going there. You couldn't. You weren't supposed to go there. But if it was just like a cliff and then no rope and then another, it was literally cliff. say cliff, do as you please. Yeah. yeah. And so that 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 like you said, we that was what we were doing. And so that was a routine at that point. And so that's what we did. And we we stayed high. We're going down, and I start skiing a little bit, and uh, you know I'm getting a groove going, and then all of a sudden I just had like this really instinctual just like put on the brakes because it just didn't feel right. So I put on the brakes, I uh, sit there for a second, about 10 feet in front of me, I see a bird fly out from underneath my feet. and Like a big? It was like a sparrow, like a black bird, I don't know. Yeah. It was a black We're, we're talking six foot wingspan. Yeah. And Dude. like golden eagle. Golden so I eagle. Saw this, yeah. I saw this just... Just Golden Eagle. Yeah. Beautiful. Come out of the side of the cliff yeah. and you're, right you're, right you're beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. Your eyes just your jaw drops. Yeah, pterodactyl <laughs> looking bird and your jaw drops. You know, something you've never seen before. Mm-hmm. And uh Ooh, here goes our GoPro. <laughs> it's okay. It's alright. Um So yeah, we're So we slam on the brakes. We slam on the brakes. And it was, and I, and I see this bird fly out, and it a, when a bird flies out underneath the cliff, it gives you super good perspective of, you know, just what, uh, of like where you're at. And we yeah. were we were tip, we were right there on a cliff. It was very, fairly evident at right that point that we were about five feet away from a fifty foot cliff. And so I look back at Mark. I'm like, Hey, uh, we need to uh, we need to move a little bit over. Like we can't. This doesn't seem like a good area to be in. 
and so um, we we kind of skied right a little bit and uh, avoided the the obvious cliff, and then we got in between in a sticky situation. So we got in a situation where I'm where you're in between two large cliffs. So when we say cliff, we're not saying like a small rock. We're saying uh, anywhere from 20 to 50 feet, just a straight drop, drop vertical up. drop. So it's pretty it's pretty gnarly. Um, definitely not smart. What were you thinking at this point, by the way? Uh, for a split second, I was thinking, I got to get my phone on. We got to get a airlifted out of here because I didn't know if we were going to be able to drop through these cliffs. And then uh, things started to open up a little bit, and I knew it wasn't going to be easy. But I said, we're definitely we're definitely making making it through these cliffs, and there's some fresh chowder beneath us. So let's make it down there and start surfing big waves. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, chasing the dream. Yeah. Um, and, Mark, you absolutely did that. You chose the right way. You chose yeah. a great way to get down. And you kind of just, you, you heel-turned your way through and just kind of got around, like, the big rock on the yeah. right. How, how did that go exactly? Um, just kind of came up to it, was looking down. I had a lot of snow drifting right behind me. It was kind of pushing me down into it. Um, but I pretty much just did a butt slide through it. Uh, had to just kind of hop over a few little rocks and... Worked my way through it, but end up being. Yeah, right. working all right. Yeah, yeah. for and me, I get down about yeah. probably probably dropped like thirty feet. Um, slid slid through it, and then I look up and I see Declan trapped in between these two two big cliffs, and it's just like this probably five foot wide line, if that, yeah. with rocks in the middle. So then I just kind of sat back and watched how. <laughs> How deck was getting down it. <laughs> yeah, so I so I saw Mark kind of go go to my right as he was just explaining, and I saw this shoot, and I was like, I could definitely hit this. I'm gonna go full send on it and just kind of ski out to the right where Mark was. What I didn't realize was how small the gap was. So, like Mark said, it was about five feet, and you really had to send it from the top. There was yeah. really no slowing down, and the problem was is I really didn't know what was right below that turn. So I would it was a blind turn, and you're going down you know, extreme velocities, whatever. So I, you know, I took my time down. I kind of just, uh, tur- I was just on a, like a sideways turn the majority of the time. And then I ended up getting stuck in between the two rocks. So the, the gap wasn't far, the gap wasn't wide enough for me to just slide down in between. I had to go straight down. So I'm stuck in between two cliffs, um, right on the top. And I have to wedge myself backwards to get forwards. And anyways, I get down. My first turn, I, my, my adrenaline was rushing so much that I just... And there was so much snow that on my first turn, uh, just there was so much snow that right, my right leg just kind of caught out from underneath me. So I was skiing with one ski, and then I just kind of crashed. And then from there, we skied the rest of Spanky's Ladder. Um, you know, we, we got out of it okay. Skied some pretty sweet chowder. Yeah. It was phenomenal. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it was just like, wow. We, we looked kind of back up after it, and we were just like, how did we just get down yeah. that? Like, it was absurd how big it was. Very. Very gnarly. Like, great memories. Yeah, great yeah. memories. The memories were uh, captured forever, and you got were able to get some good footage out of that, or was that a run yeah, that you just... we got that one on, on yeah. the GoPro. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of good footy. Always yeah. seeking for footy. Um, so those are just two glimpses of uh, the six-week experience that we were both to, um, able to... Uh, Thank you, experience and we have plenty more stories that we'll probably be sharing throughout season two yeah, as um, they come along it's just curbside stories so if we think we need to have one that you could tell on a curb while you're sitting for the bus to come with your average joe sitting next to you um 
then we're going to be sharing those type of things. Why not, right? Um, I don't know, Declan, what was your overall thoughts on um, the visualization you were able to lay out? Do you think that ca- people will truly be able to capture it, or is it just one of those experiences you're like, I this is beyond I think I think the, the one thing that they, the listeners, the marketing interns need to know is it was snowy, it was hardly visible, and it was just untouched. So whenever you're skiing and... You know, you're used to seeing, you know, people skiing through stuff, and it's fine. But the second you go somewhere, like in the trees or, you know, somewhere that's really just unmarked, and you don't know anything, and, like, you haven't seen someone skate it before, your your jitters start getting going. And so we that's kind of where we were at, is we were at a point where no one was really skiing this kind of stuff because it was so extreme. And it was just a it was a fight-or-flight moment. Kind of like your storm the beaches of Normandy or Waimea Bay mm-hmm. is it was you had to get out of there and so that's kind of where we were at is we had to use our best techniques just to get down that mm-hmm. and that's that's like one of the best parts of skiing is like it's a really you're in the present moment and you have to fight or flight it right away and most of the time it's you can't fly it. you can't just flee it because how else are you gonna get down right I mean segment alert the hell out of that one because Darwinism of the week or however we used to call that segment. Oh, the, the evolutionary update? Evolutionary update is between uh, the, the uh, beaches of Waimea Bay and the mountain of Whistler uh, and Spanky La- Spanky's Ladder. Yeah. I mean, those two things are literally the embodiment of Darwinism. Yeah. Survival of the fittest, figure, out, figure yourself out and adapt yeah. quick because... Figure else, out, adjust, and go. Yeah, because you're gonna, you might lose your life. Yeah. And I wouldn't say we were in a life or death situation, but it sure as hell felt like a life or death situation. And, and that's my adrenaline when... was rushing to the point where I felt that way. And I think, like, it was a great experience. Like, I would go back and do Spanky's Ladder again. I clearly would know how to get down. Mm-hmm. I would go far left. But, <laughs> you know, it, I just like, I love being in those adrenaline rush experiences. Like, at the I, end I of live the, for that. At the end of the day, that's when we're at our best. Yeah. Uh, I, you find out who you truly are. Find, you find out who you truly are. So... Stay tuned. We have plenty more curbside stories from our six-week journey, reflection, growth, month, week span, however you want to call it. Um, more to come. Stay tuned. Uh, let's trap the puck. Um, you know, it is Super Bowl week right here. We're not the biggest podcast sports guys. Like, we don't, we don't come here to talk about sports, but we, are, we do come here to talk about experiences. Yeah, we're an and experience podcast, not a sports podcast. That's correct. Um, we're also average experiences. We're yes. average guys, so there's nothing too crazy that we bring to the table. Mm-hmm. Um, however, um, the experience that the Super Bowl's coming into town, and we're here for it, 15 minutes away from it, is the most finite experience I think I could ever think of. Very finite. You get roughly two weeks, a little less, of um, people coming in to the state that you are currently located today. It's Minnesota. One year from now, it could be somewhere else. But right now, we're in Minnesota. It will be somewhere else. It could be. Confirm that. Okay. And uh, we are in Minnesota. The Super Bowl is here. Um, That means people are coming in, and it's the time of the year where they're truly getting to experience Minnesota. It is the the heart of the cold. It is so brisk out there. No one leaves their house. Yet, there's um, zip lining across the Mississippi for those who want to experience that at the Super Bowl. A lot of tourism. A lot of tourism events. A lot of frostbite. A lot of frostbite available if you're seeking for that. Um, just a lot of people coming and going, giving and taking, you know, just doing their things, being there, being being tourism, being people, just, you know, and, and taking everything in that they possibly can. And we wanted to um, have an inside perspective of someone who lives in St. Paul, someone who lives in Minnesota, and come here on a podcast 
Um, we were going to have our buddy Lorch. Um, however, Lorch is afraid to sit down and talk and talk about it right now. And face the reality that people are in his like hometown. So one thing that I've really noticed, and you know, Lorch, if he decides to talk or not, you know, let, let him be, right? Um, one thing that Minnesotans are super proud about is Minnesota. It's pretty obvious. Everyone loves to, everyone that's born here and raised here most likely stays here or at least have a lot of pride in Minnesota. And so when people um, are coming into their place, you know, they get a little uneasy, but they're not going to be, you know, overly like, hey, what are you doing here type thing. They're going to be very nice about it. You know, Minnesota nice. Keep your keep your standards high, yeah. especially when you're trying to show off your city and your state to people. You have to be overly nice, too. So yeah, there's, oh, go ahead. And so with that being said, you know how the, the Eagles absolutely stomped on the Vikings. Mm-hmm. And the Eagles fans are the Eagles and people from Philadelphia are almost the white to the Minnesota black. They're completely opposite. And they got stomped. Eagles fans are, uh, you know, very rambunctious. You know, Minnesota fans do not take kindly to Eagles fans. It's very, very blatant. But I have not seen any sort of, uh, you know, nothing on Barstool, no, like, news headlines of, fighting there's minnesota people are welcoming these philadelphia eagles fans with open arms and just love i think allegedly and it's pretty impressive yeah from a a perspective of someone who's not affiliated with either of those teams yeah uh, my viewpoint of it is there's two types one the person the vikings fan that is so butthurt that they just can't even vocalize their opinion they see an eagles fan and they're just kind of like so sad because the vikings have habitually failed to get the job done when the time is meaningful most. Yeah. Um, so they don't say anything. Yeah, would you say the Vikings uh, could use a little bit of a Charles Darwin evolutionary update? They, yeah. they definitely could They could learn a little bit They from need us. to evolve. Yeah, they need They need to start fighting more than flying. Correct. Um, and, the, and the Eagles started to fly. For sure. Fly, Eagles, fly. fly. Eagles fly. Um, and then there's the other Vikings fan who is um, a butthurt in a different way that they need to go and... Um, talk about the experience, but they're not going to talk bad about it. They're going to come up to the Eagles fan and just say, hey, man, like you really got you really got to us. Congrats on your win. And they're just going to be so nice about it because they need to release some of that anger. But, you know, there's Minnesota nice. Yeah. So. so it's like, hey, good game. You know, that was really fun. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you guys beat us really well. You, you, you figured this out. Uh, um, but then they'll, then they'll start talking about, like, tater tot hot dish. And then like, it's hockey season, so. Then, yeah, so they're not worried. Even mm-hmm. though while they're kind of, eh, average. Yeah, but they're, they're kicking into some gear. Yeah, and I, I, but what I thought was, what's the coolest part about us, the guys who shouldn't or kind of just happened to be in Minnesota at this time, you know, chose to go to school four years ago, didn't really know that the Super Bowl was going to be your senior year. That wasn't on our radar that for wasn't, reasons to come here. Yeah, that wasn't definitely not a, a sales pitch or yeah. recruiting pitch range or not a maker ways out here um but now that we're here we're like all right sweet like let's like, let's make the most of the the opportunity so we, you, you go down to minneapolis now and there's just so many people that you can meet and they're all a lot of them are famous people and like it's just cool to be able to say you saw like all these like von miller or deshaun watson or alvin kamara or, or barstool or and barstool. speaking of barstool you know uh, a people's podcast they call themselves um a people's podcast would have made themselves available for um, us, us, the people, the people. Yeah, um, well, we, we reached out to him. Hey, we reached out to him, and we didn't receive any type of response. No automated response. Sure. Nothing. Um, I'm not going to say I'm bummed because they are. Uh, I don't know if they're they're busy. They're busy, and they don't really fit our mold. Um, not as not as well as we fit our mold. Correct. Um, so there's that. Yeah, it, I mean it's cool to actually meet a lot of those people though. So I've been. Uh, I went out to go see. 
uh, the Barstool Radio Show um, down in Minneapolis. That was one of the experiences I had with Super Bowl week so far. And what was actually really cool and actually shocking to me um, was how uh, just like humble and like how no- just normal people they are. Like they have pe- the Barstool's a hundred million dollar company now, and they've built themselves from the ground up, and they mm-hmm. have this really like arrogant attitude about how they've done it and like on screen we're and on screen and like but once you actually meet the people you just realize there's normal people like i met the ceo erica narcadini or whatever she was awesome she she her go-to is to like comment compliment you on everything especially if it's like barstool tire okay but she was very just like very down to earth and was really open to just talking to a bunch of college guys that really loved or and appreciated what they've done similar to the bloggers too like big cat uh dan cats had a privilege to like say hi to him and say hi to Hank, who's like their producer, and those guys are like really cool guys. They had really um, all they were really talking about was sports and stuff, but the fact that they can make time and you know really get to know the people is really cool. And I think that's a huge part of like a podcaster's job is to know who you're talking to and like actually have experiences with your listeners and get authentic feedback rather than always being on Twitter or always being on Instagram and mm-hmm. getting feedback that way. And for that. We thank them because they are one of the inspirations behind us. Yeah, and to see them off screen um, in a light that is sort of inspirational, sort of like a, um, a culmination of everything. Because you're like, I these guys are awesome. They're actually good, genuine people. Yeah, you, and, and it makes you want to support them more than you did before. And a lot of thing, the funniest thing is the barstool demographic is what I call it. Is just any anybody from like eighteen to like twenty five. So it's just like a really young. Is that the millennials? Is the the, that yeah, I think range. you can you can bump it up a little higher in millennials, but eighteen is probably the youngest you can go. Yeah, eighteen to up twenties, yeah, know. thirty, whatever. Then that was pretty much those were the people that were there. But what was really cool was just to see, you know, a collection of those people and, um, you know how they responded to all that. So yeah. and for that, um, again, uh, kind of kickstarts our um, season two podcast. You know, we're always going to try to make ourselves more available. And with that, we are going to try to put content on YouTube. I know we've been saying it for a while, but we're gonna we're gonna try and we're gonna try uh, put content on there. Today we had a podcast. Right now we're having this podcast, and it was going awesome. We had the camera up there. We were catching some great footy, and then the camera fell and the battery died. Yeah. Um, it, so you know, it's a learning process. It's such a learning process. It's such a learning curve. But the coolest thing is, like those barstool people went through the same kind of thing. Like the struggle is very common amongst mm. all these people. And so that's why I really appreciate it is like those guys brought out that struggle still. Like they weren't, they're not these like, I'm better. They didn't walk around like they were better than everyone and that everyone knew them. They just walked around like they wanted to be a stoolie themselves or like just one of the people. So mm. that's like one of the things I really appreciate the most, but that's exactly so, what our podcast is all about. So as too. Declan um, sits home with the barstool guys and is a, uh, a mark as not a marketing intern, but someone who is going to a consistent listener we ask you guys, marketing interns, to enjoy the ride, enjoy our journey, and share it with us because we're also going through so many struggles with uh, the the back pocket and the podcast realm and what we're going to do with it and how we're going to expand it, what takes place from um, investing money to generating different types of content to making sure we're always consistent with our message, um, just allowing ourselves to maximize the back pocket um, atmosphere and brand, 
Um, it's a learning process, and the struggles are ebbs and flows, strikes and gutters, and we're just going to continue to push forward and enjoy this ride because I know Declan and I are sure are. Yeah, and we absolutely love it. We appreciate you guys and everything that you guys do for us. And, you know, going back to, like, our struggles, but along with our struggles comes our success. You know, we had, if you look back at our Season 1 accomplishments, those things were, you know, things that I would have never expected us to actually do, like get an article written on us or get an NFL player, Jason Morrow, on or get the president of our university on twice or, you know, different, just totally abstract and Having the ability awesome to put out an hour podcast like 16 Every weeks single, in a row yeah, 16, during the football season yeah. with girlfriends. Not to brag. brag. Yeah, not to brag. That's very impressive. Some Something you kind of want to put on your resume at yeah. some point. Let other people know. You can definitely tip your hat to that. Yeah, absolutely. And but that's the thing is we're moving forward and we're not just gonna stop and reflect. We got things to work on. We are stopping and reflecting, right? Well, currently we but we we, always stop and reflect. However, there's never there's always more opportunities to grow. That's what the reflection is for. Yeah, that's what I meant. that's yeah. what I was trying to say. Exactly, Thank you, Andrew. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're also still looking for an intern, so uh, someone that could help us with the YouTube stuff. And actually, we just had a camera fall over. If we had an intern, he would that wouldn't happen. We trust that an intern would you know, help us out in that regard. Mm-hmm. So, uh, again, back pockets looking to hire an intern. Uh, if anyone's available or if you know of anyone, please let us know. And, th- I mean, that carries over to our back end. You know, this is a very unique podcast. We usually always have an interview, um, but we really want to j- just hit home to our marketing interns from the get-go in Season 2 that we are here for you guys. Yeah. And there's going to be many guests to come. I mean, I think we're going to have... Um, a couple more professors that we've been dying to get on. Uh, we're going to have the the guy who um, created the website for the Super Bowl. We're going to have a professor of mine who was uh, in my junior year that really hits home on interpersonal communications. Uh, I want to get my father on because he's a lead marketing intern, and I know his story. Um, a personal story and just a story of listening to us is just a good time to talk, and he's always he's the he's way he articulates. great face for radio, too. Great face for radio. Perfectly well said. Um, any other guests you want to mention? Um, one of the original miners of Bitcoin. We're trying to get one of those guys on. Uh, we are trying to get on. Um, one of the other guys was a, a another seminarian, another priest. Uh, we're trying to get on a lawyer, uh, and we're just trying to start expanding. And you know, we can say we're going to get on the, all these cool people, but really, it's just as it comes. You know, we just find new opportunities every single day, and whatever we see fit, we kind of just go with. And uh, you know, so. It's uh, who who, if I were to sit here and plan out the next sixteen weeks or X amount of weeks on who we're gonna have every single week, it's just not feasible. But what that's kind of the joy of all of it is like I don't know, and the marketing interns don't know, but the experiences come along with the, the whole hustle thing. and bustle, and it just is gonna happen. Strikes and gutters, man. Strikes and gutters. Um, so. This will now be the back end. So for all of, for those new listeners, we usually have an interview in the middle, and then we kick it to the back end, and we finish with two segments. So this is our back end. We're at our best because we've already been speaking, been generating content for roughly 40 minutes at this point, um, and we're going to kick off the back end with a what did you learn. We always do what did you learn in a feel-good story. Declan, please start us off with season two opener of what did you learn. So this might be a little underwhelming because probably the most of the listeners know what this means. Uh, they've already probably, this is prior knowledge. Um, so I'm probably not educating you guys, but um, what I learned was what pro bono means. So I think you've said it on, even on this podcast before and I just didn't know. Yeah, it clicks, but never settled. Yeah, correct. Um, so pro bono just means you work for free. 
um, whatever your labor was that you put in is not compensated for. It's just a free labor thing. I'm in like a lawyer class right now. Um, it's like my fourth theology. That's really just not, it's a Theo 400 class that has to do with lawyers and a lawyer buzzword, um, is definitely pro bono. So I had to look it up and you know, that's how I learned it. So lawyer, lawyer buzzwords. And I'm sure I will educate. So pro bono is working for free. Um, because lawyers are all about the generosity of others because you want to help something out. Right. And what I found out is, uh, we're a pro bono podcast. Mm -hmm. So we're, we're giving out content for free. Yeah. Sometimes you work pro bono because you want a learning experience. You're trying to get new skill set and something. So you're like, all right, I'll offer my skills for free to help you advance because they're getting paid in some direction. Okay. We're pro bono just because, uh, (laughs) no one's going to pay us. No one's paying us to do this. Yeah. I don't think. Bunch of goofball average dudes. Come on. Sheesh. Sheesh. Kidding me. Um, I'm going to focus in again with that six week reflection. Um, sure. what did I learn over that month? Uh, in Hawaii, um, people view Hawaii, it's the paradise Island and as they should, it is totally an Island where you step on to, and you are just in awe because the beaches, the land, the forests, the waterfalls, everything, um, the natural resource, it's outstanding, but the people, They're very unique, and that's what I was able to truly learn during that four-week span that I was there. So when you hear aloha, you think of hello. Mm -hmm. Well, there's a difference between that with the the meaning of it behind um, the natives that live in Hawaii. So the the aloha spirit is the idea of offering your presence without an expectation of anything in return. So pro bono. Again, ooh. Perfect. It's totally pro bono. You are so when you when someone walks up to you and you say aloha, you're saying hello. Let's let's have a conversation and let's, let's just enjoy each other's um, persons, people to people. Yeah. Um, but it's been uh, turned into the tourism version because that's what Hawaii's main source of revenue is is aloha. So not many people tr- truly know what aloha is. Aloha is like actually it means giving of your breath. Um, and the other person there, if they say aloha back, that means they've received your breath and now they're offering your desires in return. Oh, nice. So never stick your hand out and shake their hands and, and say, say aloha, aloha because they're not asking for your hand. That is what Captain Cook did, who was the first um, European settler in Hawaii. Um, Captain Cook said Bad. hello and stuck out his hand. So now every person that is not a native of Hawaii is referred to as a haole. And a haole is no breath. So if you're not native from Hawaii, you're considered a haole because the very first person that was not native of Hawaii offered their hand. They were, they were no breath. Haoles. Wow. That's, that's awesome. That's so that's really, what I learned. Well, good education there. Yeah. I like that. Um, that's a bit of a feel-good story, a bit of a <laughs> sad story because there's a lot of detriment going on to Hawaii after Captain Cook arrived. Um, but that's a different time, a different place. <laughs> Different podcast. A different podcast. Uh, so let's finish with a positive note, a feel-good story. As we always do. Um, so this one uh, is kind of a favorite of ours. Um, as a podcast, um, we believe in good competition. Um, with that being said, the Sochi Olympics are coming up. Um, so that's our feel-good story is just the Sochi Olympics are coming. South Korea? No. Uh, oh, wait. Sochi was 2014. Oh, wait. We're going to what South Korea, man. Pyeongchang or whatever. Should we Google it? Yeah, it's not Sochi. Well, Sochi the 2018 just sounded... Winter Olympics. The 2018 Winter Olympics. Are coming, and you know where it's located? Pyeongchang. Pyeongchang. That's right. That's right. It's South uh, Korea. The second time. Yeah. 
Okay, so we got that right. It's coming uh, this Friday. I'm super pumped about it. Um, it. Just all the competition, you know. A lot. I feel like a lot of the, um, the like, what's the one? What's the the uh, sport or the competition that they have where they like skeet shoot and also ski? You know, you got the triathlon, something. Yeah, I don't know, but they have curling too. I'm curling, curling speed skating. Hockey. Apollo Ono's not around anymore, so no. we gotta we gotta kind of adopt new faces. Yeah. So Apollo Ono's not a speed skater anymore; he's probably retired. Nothing better than the Big G or Super G. Super G. Ooh, Lindsey Vaughn. Yeah, that is just an absolute. But that's the thing that's about a, a strong race. Yeah. When you go down the Super G, right? Yeah. Super G, you are going flying. You are You're moving. A, there's nothing that's not sent about you. Oh yeah, that, that is a full send mentality. Yeah, so we uh, the, just the Winter Olympics, we're absolutely jazzed about it. There's really nothing else to say about it besides the fact that we're jazzed and we want curling, you know, go USA, obviously, but we're big curling guys. We're big uh, um, slope style, half pipe guys. Um, what else are we? Are we anything else? Speed skating. Uh, uh, we're big Olympic guys. Figure we're, skating. we're looking forward to talking to you guys about the Olympics moving forward because we got roughly three weeks of it. Yeah. So let's get after it. Hope you guys have a great week. Hope you guys enjoyed our first podcast. A little shorter for you guys. We appreciate it. Uh, We appreciate your endless support. And uh, with that being said, take care. Take care.